Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with today's Chicken Soup for the Soul inspiration from our new book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Forgiveness Fix. We made this new book because I've read tens of thousands of personal revealing stories from our writers during the 12 years I've been doing this job, and I've come to understand that forgiveness is an essential key to happiness. Why is forgiveness so important? It's because of the emotional weight we carry when we don't forgive. And interestingly, self-forgiveness is just as important as forgiving other people. So I'm going to share two stories today that will show you how you can find your way to self-forgiveness too. We're going to start with Paul Lyons, who doesn't remember ever getting a compliment from his father until he was 17 years old. Paul had always felt like he was never good enough for his father until then. Now, Paul was one of seven sons, and he remembers going to his school at night with his father, who did the janitor work there. The boys would try to help their father, and Paul remembers being just a kid and trying to help and being reprimanded by his father for missing some spots as he mopped the floor. His father said he would never amount to anything if he didn't get the job right, And Paul, who was young, remembers thinking, well, you're the one cleaning toilets. And they were all squeezed into a three-bedroom duplex while all the other kids at school seemed to live in big houses. But then, at age 17, Paul wrote and performed a show that was a huge success. It sold out the high school theater two nights in a row. And that's when Paul got the compliment. His dad said, Paul, I've never been so proud in my life. Nothing John did could compare to this. Now, John, who was Paul's older brother, was the star of the family. He was a football hero in their town. And John even called their father Pop instead of Dad, which was what the other six sons called him. And that made Paul feel even more like his older brother was the special one who had a different kind of relationship with their father. And now, his big compliment was tainted by the mention of John, the football hero. Paul thought his father couldn't even give a compliment the right way. So Paul remained disappointed in his father, whose birthday cards weren't warm enough and he was just too reserved. Paul actually went to a therapist to get some help, to learn how to talk to his father and how to ask him for an apology for all the times he had been hard on him. And then Paul became a teacher with a classroom of what he calls crazed adolescents. And that's when he realized how hard it must have been for his father to manage seven sons. Paul understood that his father was justifiably angry at times, and also that he was working really hard to help his sons reach their full potential. He wanted to make a difference in their lives, just the way Paul did in the classroom. And sometimes that meant taking a hard line with the kids to make them better people. You had to be dedicated and willing to be a little unpopular 
if you wanted those kids to come out right. Paul realized that his father had the best of intentions, even if he didn't always have the best delivery. When Paul turned 39, he decided he needed to forgive his father. He says, So I went back to my old school where he had berated me. As I stood outside the window, I realized that dad was not who I had to forgive. I needed to forgive myself for all the years I had bottled up my anger toward him. I was so critical of myself that I couldn't enjoy my life. I couldn't view anything in a positive light. Rarely did I permit myself to enjoy a movie or a ball game without a nagging sense that I should be doing something productive. Sunset stood for disappointment, showing me that the day was over and I hadn't gotten enough done. The next time Paul had breakfast with his father, he apologized for the chip he had on his shoulder. His father said he didn't have to apologize for anything. And then Paul talked about what he felt was that rather backhanded compliment about the school play and how his father had brought up his football star brother in the middle of complimenting him. And you know what his father said? Well, I knew how much it hurt you that year not to get a chance to play quarterback. And that's when Paul realized that he had gotten it all wrong. His dad brought up his older brother because he wanted to let Paul know that football wasn't as important as what Paul had done writing and performing that school play. It had been a fabulous compliment. Paul says, I was the one who had taken his compliment the wrong way and turned something nice into something insulting. I began seeing past the slights I kept collecting to realize that this man, a stranger to me for so many years, was my biggest ally. Dad was never against me. The world was not against me. And now here's my favorite line from Paul's story. My world was dark because I kept turning out the light. And then Paul called his father Pop, just like his older brother, and he's been calling him Pop ever since. Families are hard, right? I think that if you polled people, you know, everyone would report about issues in their families and the need to forgive family members and then forgive themselves for their own contribution to the issues. So Lucy Alexander shared another very powerful story with us, and boy, was she carrying a heavy load. Lucy had grown up with an older brother named Todd, whose favorite coping mechanism was running away, literally and figuratively. When that stopped working, he opted to build a wall and distance himself from his mother and four siblings. He was a success professionally, and he seemed to be doing just fine without his family, which was very hurtful to his younger sister. Lucy was also enraged that Todd could be so cruel to their mother, but their mother kept excusing his behavior as mothers are wont to do. After a few years, though, Todd did try to reconcile with the family, but Lucy wouldn't forgive him. She refused to even acknowledge him. She says, Blinded by the ignorance of youth and a black-and-white worldview, it never once crossed my mind that Todd might have had altruistic reasons for abandoning the family for a while. He was sparing them any further hurt that he thought his presence would cause them. Well, some time passed, and then one day, Lucy's mother showed up unexpectedly at the tiny apartment that Lucy had moved into after graduation. She had come to tell Lucy something awful. Todd had killed himself. Lucy moved back home to live with her mom. She was filled with guilt, anger, and regret, believing that it was her fault, that her rejection of Todd was the reason he felt so alone and took his own life. It wasn't like her mother blamed her. Of course she didn't. 
But Lucy says, I never stopped believing that if I had set aside my pride and welcomed him back, it might have been enough. Almost a year after Todd died, Lucy was offered a job in London, and her mother encouraged her to take it. So Lucy spent years far away from her mother, healing and figuring things out and understanding a bit more why Todd had abandoned the family for those years. It was when she became a mother that she finally got all the way to understanding and realized that no matter what you do for your children, they do have to make their own way. They are the ones who are responsible for navigating their lives, and they have free will. Lucy finally forgave her 20-year-old self for the way she tried to show her dedication to her family by pushing Todd aside. She realized she wasn't part of Todd's choice for ending his life, and she forgave Todd, too, for finding peace in his own way. I'm Amy Newmark. Thanks for listening to these stories from Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Forgiveness Fix. We'll be sharing stories from the book in our daily newsletter as well. So if you want to have a free story delivered to your email inbox every day, go to chickensoup.com and click on the podcast button. You'll see a button to sign up for the newsletter, and you'll actually find a bunch of choices, including a daily story newsletter or our three weekly newsletters with stories about pets, busy moms, or fighting cancer. I'll be sharing more than a dozen stories from our book about forgiveness. So keep listening for more of them. I can't think of a better time than the holiday season to consider using the power of forgiveness. Come back for our next episode to hear two stories from our Christmas book about family and homemade gifts and some great ideas for your own family this holiday season. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.